Here we go. <laughs> Flanagan, Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, cucks, to the Flanosphere. We uh, are your Sigma hosts, Dan and Rob, here to discuss the Alpha. Yeah, Mike Flanagan, Catholic yeah. Alpha, Mike Flanagan. Yeah, isn't there now a higher ranking than Alpha? There's like, I think Sigma is thought oh, of as it, higher. I probably should have flipped it. Okay, so Sigma is like the ultimate male. Yeah, it's sort of like your, yeah, it's like a more evolved Mm. alpha, I think. I don't actually know because I want no part of it. Oh, you don't you don't look into all of this stuff and try to figure out which one you are? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. Despite, uh, by the way. What do you think of your rocking new bod on the in the artwork for? <laughs> I know for the uh, Flanosphere. I just thought you took a regular old picture of me and Stop. posted it up there. Stop. <laughs> the, the amount of yellow I had to make that those pictures of us, <laughs> <laughs> like the the color correction on those is insane. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More yellow than I look in this in this light here that I can't figure out how to make normal. On yeah, what, is that like one of those uh, uh, you know seasonal effect disorder lights where it's like <laughs> I know you've been sad all all year, but what if you shine this light in your eyes? <laughs> Does that help? What if you were blind? Yeah, <laughs> I you know I had like a bluer light which was great for this. Mm-hmm. But Paige is like, I can't live like this. I feel like I'm in a morgue. Yeah, understandable. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Of course, so horrible. You need warm lighting. Yeah. Am I gonna have to get a ring light? Ah, oh, you could be a ring guy. I could be like a ring be, goo, but a ring yeah. guy. I could wear a bunch of gaudy rings on my fingers. Be a ring guy. <laughs> yeah. I am gonna be a ring guy. My new place that I'm moving into has one of those horrible Amazon ring doorbells. Ah, yeah. So, uh, everyone, give me a round of applause. I'm now complicit in the police state. Oh, who am I kidding? We all are. Uh, Beach, what are you doing? Oh, talk about police police state. (laughs) This apartment's a police state for these cats. (laughs) Cat fascist, Rob Avon. So we're talking. This is our Flanagan series. Rob's. Rob has left to go pet his cat. So <laughs> I'll back, just. I'm back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is our Flanagan series. We're running through. I guess most of we're, we skipped the student films. We're doing all the studio, you know, the. The and, wide and releases. Yeah. The wide releases. That's the term. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're this week. We're talking about a big one. This is a, a film people love. I would call this his breakout. I guess, yeah. I guess people are quite partial to 2013's Oculus. Um, first appearance of his wife, uh, oh, Kate, Kate Siegel. He's such most, a wife guy. He's such a wife guy. Uh, his wife, Kate Siegel, the most Irish-looking woman of all time, as yeah. Marisol Chavez. <laughs> oh, is that her name? <laughs> that is oh, her no. name. It's a real Hilaria Baldwin situation over uh-huh. here. Uh, but 
they were not married at this at this point. No, they were not. No, they were not. Um, Oculus. People talk. Is, now, have you seen we call the, it you Oculus seen or Oculus Us, Dan? No. I, as I said, I'm <laughs> oh. glad we didn't name the series that. Yeah. Not only because it's a terrible name <laughs> that requires you to know that the show is called King Me. Also, yeah. King Me presents the Flanosphere. Mm-hmm. AKA Oculus, but also this is a bad movie. <laughs> it's not very yeah, good. <laughs> it's man. I, so yeah, I, I remember when this movie came out, I remember seeing commercials for it and I kind of wrote it off as like a conjuring sort of knockoff movie, you know, which it, it, it does feel like that. Um, and man, I, I, like having watched Mike Flanagan, you know, produce things and directed whatever, I was like kind of excited to go back and see like, oh, what's he doing with like, what if a mirror was haunted, you know? Yeah, right. And, and oh man, I like the things that people complain about with Mike Flanagan now. I think are not problems now, but are glaring problems in this movie. You know, I, for example, well, for example, just how much exposition everybody is just spilling at all times. Yeah. The, the, everybody is the so exposition monologue that yeah. goes on. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and and it, it, it feels so forced in this where like, I don't, you know, people fucking complain about midnight mass and how everybody has a monologue in there or whatever where i think in midnight mass it's more of like this sort of poetic uh thing this it just feels like vomiting up exposition totally yeah right midnight mass you're doing it's like it's character it's rooted in character it, it yes it's yeah. always rooted in character i think it also helps that like um the <laughs> The cast in Midnight Mass is very talented. Uh oh. And Bobby Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I do think this is this the first time Karen Gillan used an American accent on screen? Because it, it is. It sure feels that way. This is her first American film. I the way her first American production. Period. I I am going to uh, steal the evil mirror. Yeah, I'm going to eat an American hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) I've got apples to eat on the hour. Yeah, it's it's rough. Yeah, this is her first American role, and that that's pretty clear. Um, I think Karen Gillan. uh, Well, honestly, I'm not sure. The only other movies I've seen her in are the Guardians movies. The first two, I haven't seen the third one, Mm. and. And then I did see her when she was on Doctor Who uh, before this, where I thought she was like charming. As yeah, a, she's perfectly charming on yeah. a what is effectively a children's television program. Yes, Let's, right. A bunch of like silly sci-fi stuff, and she's like she plays the part of like um, what what is the the other the 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 person that travels with the Doctor called? It's like I think it's like their pet human, something like that. Yeah, it's, like, it's not that. I no, don't know it's what like call it. it's like a co a co-pilot or I don't whatever. It doesn't matter. Nurse? <laughs> yeah, it's nurse. Physician's assistant. <laughs> Scribe. Okay. Um, 
but yeah, I just um, and, and like the other thing too. So Rory, uh, Rory Cochran, Cochran. I, yeah. I almost said Culkin, but Cochran, Rory Cochran. Uh, he's an he's another one where I'm like I I've seen him, you know, be good in movies. Um, Katie Sackoff, uh, I really liked her in you know Battlestar Galactica, which I think a lot of people did. Um, and I I don't think they're they're the problem in this movie. I really think it is the writing. Um, it's a bad. The dialogue sucks. It, it's the dialogue kind of sucks. <laughs> it's bad throughout. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I completely, uh, I completely get the complaints with like the the Midnight Mass type stuff, where it's like the overwritten sort of like sophomore philosophy kind of that style of writing. I have more sympathy for it because I think thematically it makes a lot more sense, but this is like, this is something else entirely. <laughs> I don't really, it, it's yeah. not great dialogue. And I think the fact that I, I do, I don't think Karen Gillan's like a good actor, like in general, do you? Well, well, well that's the thing is I, I don't, I honestly don't know. Um, like I said, like I saw her on Doctor Who and I thought she was charming enough. In this, I think she's bad. Yeah. In the Guardians movies, I think she has like one thing to do. And it's, I I, mean, I think that it's, yeah, I mean, I kind of think she's bad in those Guardians she's movies. She's pretty too. bad, dude. Right? Like, she's just like, yeah, she's, she's playing just got a like robot a- but, or like a cyborg person, whatever, yeah. under like a ton of makeup. And it's still like, it feels like a very stilted performance. Totally. And I, I think like to the Rory, Rory Cochran point, like he's not in like good stuff. Like he does like a thing and it's not like emotionally weighty or yeah, heady or anything like that. Yeah. I, um, I guess I am thinking of like Rory Cochran movies from the nineties. Like, yeah, where he's confused. Yeah. Empire records. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Like I like him in those movies. Yeah. I like those movies, but it's not the like not the guy I would call on for this assignment, you no, know. It, so like, uh, because this feels like Conjuring. I mean, if this feels like it got made because the Conjuring was popular, right? Like the Conjuring happened, and everybody, you know, studios are like, "Give me all of these like haunted ghost story movies that you got." And in the Conjuring, the dad is played by. Uh, what's the guy? Rob, the with- office space. Rob. Um, oh, Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. Yeah, yeah. Ron Livingston. And like Ron Livingston has, like, he can do like sort of like sad guy kind of shit. <laughs> I didn't realize he was in that. That makes casting Rory Co- Cochran that f- much fun. Like that's funny. Yeah. To get it, a right. discount, Ron Livingston. Yeah, exactly. At this point in his life. Yes. Exactly. Um. But like Ron Livingston, I think is better than Rory Cochran, and yes, it's, it becomes yeah, yeah kind of clear here. But mm. I don't know what what a, what say you, Dan? What I think the I think like the big mis, big mistake here is like casting, like what we know about Mike Flanagan now. He does like he loves this sort of like literary. 
heady, not like horror movie, not, not conventional sort of like approach to horror. Right. Very Gothic, very sort of like simmering. Um, not like not heavy on what were you gonna say? Well, they, all these stories, they always feel very like sort of personal, right? You know? And, and so to cast, even in the case of like Katie Sackoff or something, it's like, you're casting all these people who are in like genre stuff. Um, and I think that's the mistake is like, everyone's trying to play it. Like it's like a straight horror movie. Right. When in fact it's, it should be more like, you know, I can't, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but like, (laughs) you know, this is a movie about uh, trauma (laughs) (laughs) and, and it should be treated accordingly. You know, it should be part of, part of it too is just the story. It's like, it's, it's confusing and it doesn't mean anything that Mm. it's confusing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it, right, the, it's not, it feels like it's not confusing on purpose, right? Which sounds maybe weird, but you watch movies that are like, wait, I, I I can't tell if this is like present day or past, or if these people are real or ghosts or what is happening, and that's sort of the point is to like as the you know viewer to be thrown off and like constantly guessing. Uh, you know, second guessing what you're seeing here, which is, you know, this movie does. Uh, and I think it's a, to, like a huge problem and a huge reason that the ending doesn't work at all. 100%. The ending also, it doesn't, even by the rules it sets, like where it's like this same uh, or no, you know, I, I guess we can give it credit where it's like, I don't think the ending works, but what I was, what I was going to say is like, it's like the same thing playing itself out again, but the sort of like, I think what's supposed to be the clever twist is like, they actually, they actually already got out of it in the first place. Like the dad broke out of the spell to shoot himself. Uh-huh. And in this one, the mirror just wins outright. Sure. Right. In the actual ending or whatever. But like I. Yeah. Anyway, I think for me, the thing that bugs me is like the device of a mirror is like it's a good provocative sort of jumping off point. It's a what if there was a haunted mirror? Great. And like which feels like a Stephen King thing. It does feel like a Stephen King thing. It also is just like. But like the idea of like a mirror reflecting back and then like the thing with like the the shot of the cameras pointed at each other. Yeah. That felt like foreshadowing of like, oh, it's just like infinite. And they it seems like he wants to do like a hall of mirrors thing where they get lost and never come out of it. Sure. But it never feels like it goes more than like one layer deep. Mm -hmm. And it that's what makes it like that's where it gets confusing. It should feel like you're going deeper and it just feels like you're kind of like. I don't know, move into different rooms in the house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like it, 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 and I think it's also the fact that it's like the same device over and over again, where it's like, Oh, you thought that was real. That was fake. Yeah. You thought that was real. That was fake. You thought you were outside. You're inside. Yeah. <laughs> so I, how do you want to talk about this? Because half like the movie does feel like it's split 
down the middle where it keeps jumping between like the past and the present, like right up until the credits, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of annoying uh, <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah, um, that seems like so a- much is dedicated to the past. And I, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, it's frustrating because I feel like there's something in here and it's just too heady of an idea to like execute like this idea of like the past reflecting back in the present or whatever. Like there's something there. This just is not yeah, uh, it. Right. I mean the fact that like uh, there's like, it feels like there's almost a symmetry to everything that happened in the past and that is happening yeah. present. Right. Like the way that uh, they keep, you know, it keeps going from like, you know, a present day shot of like, uh, what's the, the Tim, is that the boy's Tim, name? Yeah. Uh, like a, a shot of him, like looking towards the camera. Right. And then the reverse shot is like of, you know, him as a little boy or, you know, uh, Karen Gillan's character as a little girl. And then like, you know, uh, now now we're in the past again right and and uh you know the past sort of like past characters or ghosts or memories or whatever are coming to the present not in a real way but in like these visions and mm-hmm. it keeps like shifting perspective but it it does feel like we're doing the same thing over and over again maybe yeah um yeah um but it just ugh. it go it it it, it Again, I think it's uh, it's kind it's pretty confusing as to what is going on, and I also think that the rules are of the the mirror are dumb. And um, well, I think like okay, that was something I kind of liked, which is like again, this is like I think something that's cooler as like an idea to throw out than something to actually put on screen uh-huh. which is like the exposition dump yeah ends up not mattering because the rules are uh kaylee's assumptions about what the rules are it's like her trying yeah. to like you know the sort of it, it it's it's clever like it's all clever it's just not a good movie where it's like kaylee you know like tit where we start out and we're like tim is tim's Kaylee's like kind of right. Tim has been like brainwashed by his therapist therapy's <laughs> brainwash. Yeah. Um, but like, he's basically been, he's convinced himself that the supernatural stuff they saw was like his, his flawed memory or whatever. Right. Kaylee on the other hand is taking this very like clinical approach to like luring the ghost out and then dispatching it or whatever. And she's doing the same thing. She's like applying rules and logic to this thing that they can't possibly understand. Right. So that's like a cool idea. But to have us spend 10 minutes listening to Karen Gillan in her bad American accent, explain what the cameras do, all the different timers she has set up, like at a certain point, like I get it, but it's diminishing returns. Yes. You know, I, right. The, this, uh, the part where, so, okay. Uh, Karen Gillan has a fiance. Um, the two of them, they go to an auction and this mirror, this haunted mirror from Karen Gillan's childhood 
that uh, is responsible for her father killing her mother and then himself. Um, you know, they buy the mirror. Um, she doesn't tell, you know, she does not tell her fiance what's going on here. Uh, just, you know, that she wants this mirror. So he's kind he's really out of the loop. Um, and she's like, I found it and I'm going to destroy it. I have big plans on how I'm going to defeat this mirror. I've been thinking about it my whole life. Um, whereas right. Tim has been what seems like in therapy or in like a clinic for his entire life. Right. Yeah. So like the, the thing that we come to find out is like after their parents died, um, Kaylee was just kind of like put into the foster system and Tim was given like special care because he was holding the gun and presumably pulled the trigger on his father. Right. Every, like when his right, father was shot. Right. They, they think that, uh, that right. Tim killed his father, that shot his father, right? Yeah. His dad went crazy, shot his mom and then Tim shot him, which we come to find out is that like Tim was holding the gun to his father and his father like squeezed like, the trigger. Right. He, he like reaches out and take, yeah, points the gun like directly at his heart and squeezes the trigger with like the boy, you know, young Tim's hand essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see him like taken, uh, taken away by like police as like a 10 year old. And yeah, presumably put into right like a the loving care of the state yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um but uh, yeah so there's this whole thing about like you know oh uh tim had this you know he's been getting therapy for the past 20 years and uh you know he uh he's you know he's dealt with these things and he's had a support system where karen gillen has not and she's just been obsessing about this and all whatever right um and you know karen gillen believes that these supernatural things have happened and he does not he thinks that his father just snapped one day killed his mom and then himself um so when you know karen gillen you know picks up tim gets out of the hospital picks him up they go out and she's like i have the mirror and you know you promised to uh you know come back and help me destroy it very uh similar to stephen king's it Mm -hmm. as well you made a promise we have to go back um yeah and then right when they go to the house and what 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 is her name uh kaylee kaylee yeah when this is weird the um Main character in Absentia is Callie. It is, is, right? Kaylee. Yeah, yeah. Kaylee. Yeah. Uh, but Kaylee is like, yeah, I check out my setup here. I have um, two computers set up, uh, hooked up to two uh, cameras. I have these cameras over here. I have um, a dog that I'm going to try and sacrifice to lure the mirror out or the, the spirit from the mirror, whatever. Um, and then I have this fail safe that if we don't check this timer, uh, you know, turn this timer every half hour or something, um, this huge, like sort of pendulum with a spike comes swinging down from the ceiling into the mirror. Um, right. And the idea is like, 
What we come to learn is that as far as Kaylee understands, like the mirror can, can it can like control electricity, like lights went out in the house while they yes. were living there. Yeah. Um, and then the fail safe, because it's just like a mechanical device that doesn't, it's just like a kitchen timer, right? It's just right. clicking away because there's no electronic component. There's nothing the mirror can do to influence it. And, um, it can also influence people. One time when they were kids, they tried to break the mirror with golf clubs and the mirror made them miss it. <gasps> Scary. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the other thing too, is like, uh, yeah, you said it like she feels, uh, you know, so certain, I guess of these like rules of the mirror and like, you don't, you can possibly understand like yeah. what, what the rules are yeah uh, without you know something more, much more well established right you know? but again i like i don't mind that idea i don't mind that jumping off point at all sure because she's just like she's but, but we do need rules established at some point we yeah, do I, yeah i don't I, know no i i mean to me like if you're going to if you're saying, okay, this mirror is haunted, right? Um, you, you either need, <laughs> and I am saying that and right. We are saying that, um, you need to establish what the rules are of the mirror. If you don't, then that, that becomes the point is that, you know, it's completely unknowable, which I also don't think that this movie goes for, um, or at least not hard enough in that direction. If that's yeah. what it's getting at. Um, I, so, Okay. Um, just real quick sort of plot points here. Um, the mirror drives the parents, Alan and Marie insane, particularly Alan. Um, it, it like, he is like the Jack Torrance of the, the movie, right? It's, it's very, like very conscious. Yeah. And it's a very conscious thing where like in interviews, Mike Flanagan is like, um, the mirror, he literally calls it a portable overlook hotel. Sure. <laughs> Which again, fine. That's, that's like a cool idea or whatever. It's like this portal to hell or whatever. I'm, I'm good with the portal to hell. I liked it in absentia. Sure. Um, but in this, yeah, I, the overlook hotel is like this unknowable thing. It's like these, these like, it's not like one horrible thing keeps happening in different ways. It's yeah. just like, you, but the rule, I guess, is just like there are ghosts. Yeah, the the past is like bleeding out of this building, uh -huh. and there are like, I think it just takes too long to get to the point where you're like, oh, this is an unknowable horror of of unknowable power. Sure, because like in again in absentia. We spend 30 seconds on that when Callie is just like listing her different theories on what's happening. Yeah. And ultimately you're just like, okay, I are like, that seems true based on the information we have. But it, by it, the end of it, you're like something vast and terrible is happening here. Right. Yes. And yes. She, right. She spends right. And it, maybe that's the problem here is that like Karen Gillens is so certain of it. And, you know, ultimately proven wrong, but, um, 
maybe you know what also at the end it still is this unknowable thing right this the mirror is unknowable we don't know anything else about the mirror which is like it it also doesn't hint at a bigger uh picture if that makes sense like the way that absentia is like all right callie is like she looks into the history and these people have gone missing and you know uh there there are stories throughout time of people like just sort of disappearing and whatever right uh and then we come to find out that like like when callie is in that tunnel and she's saying trade trade or whatever right uh the sound design and everything it it sounds like these uh tortured souls sort of swirling around like hinting at a much bigger sort of uh thing yeah right? that there's uh, like a a whole like macro cosmic yeah. hive of silverfish devouring people for all eternity <laughs> correct right yeah uh where this it, it's like uh this thing is haunted as hell man and i think i know what the rules are and then it's like actually you don't know what the rules are the end right. you know <laughs> yeah totally all you get is just like all you get are the like haunted visages of the people who have been killed by the mirror. Yeah. It, it feels like, I don't know. It feels like in other movies where, you know, uh, uh, what's like an, the nun or what's Annabelle and, 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 uh, Ouija, which we're going to talk about Ouija, uh, the sequel, because mm-hmm. that's a flan jam. This, um, this, the squeak wall. Yeah, but they're all like, oh, here's the backstory of this thing where like, um, you know, some sort of uh, tortured soul and comes back and whatever. Or they made a deal with the devil or the thing, whatever, where we don't really get a backstory for this mirror. Right. We just sort Mm. of know that it, it is responsible for killing people. And like yes. other people have fallen victim to it, but that we don't know anything else about the mirror. I think that's a major problem in a movie where it's a haunted mirror is the antagonist. Yes. You know? I think it leans. Cause again, like the idea of just like, we also, we are on record as complaining about having too much backs. Like that can be a killer for a horror movie. No, absolutely. But, but you gotta have what you gotta have is something to suggest that, what you don't understand, like you need a keyhole view of what you don't understand. So that, yeah. So that you're left to tease out in your own head. Like what could this possibly be? Right. Not knowing anything about it, having Karen Gillan say, these are the rules. And then for the movie to say, no, they're not, but not to give you anything else Mm -hmm. and to say like, no, she was wrong. Bye. And like, (laughs) I, that's like, uh, I was left with like, oh, that wasn't scary at all because I, yeah, it's the same sort of thing as she like, got Bugs Bunnied into getting an axe through her head, basically, like yeah, just like but, a clever trickster got her. Yeah, like it, you think about like, uh, you know, as as a viewer, right? You watch the movie like Candyman, which is like silly in its own way, but there is that thing that you leave with and you're like, I'm not going to say Candyman in the mirror five times. That's crazy. That movie 
is not silly, by the way. That movie is I mean, scary as hell. It is scary as it's, hell. I'm, I'm I, I, it's silly like, in the way that it's like a horror movie from the early 90s or whatever. About, about a guy in a cool coat. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's got a hook and he's like, be my victim. Be, get it? Yes. Be. Bzz. Bzz. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, there's like a lasting sort of horror with that where you're like, I, you know, I know that Candyman isn't real, but why take that risk? And where <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it it also like I think it doesn't weirdly this doesn't play on anybody's fears. Also, it's like you're you're scared of like oh like you know like some weird old doll that where you're like wait did I just see that move out of the corner of my eye you know like that's the kind of shit that your your brain like plays tricks yeah. on you right wait a second did that nun have sharp teeth yeah was that I saw nun it, yeah. actually mean <laughs> um yeah i get it and what's funny too is like you would think like the the object like the scary thing being a mirror would be like uh oh yeah. I have mirrors all over my house. Like we all have right. fucking mirrors. Right. And it, it, yeah, it just doesn't play on anything real. I think even the fact that it's like a big ornate old mirror makes you, that is another layer of like, I can't relate to this. <laughs> and, and again, I'm thinking about absentia when like there's that first bathroom scene, right. Mm-hmm. Where Callie's like, she's like brushing her teeth or something. And yeah. you hear like the fricking, Skittle scattle. Yeah. Uh, buzz buzz uh, in the in the shower or whatever. Uh huh. That's so much more affecting. And that's all like shot from the mirror. Right. Yes. Yep. Um, it it implies that like there's this other right like the mirror world or like there's like it implies stuff. And frankly, the fact that it uses like a builder grade shitty bathroom medicine cabinet mirror makes it scarier like that house that that was something i did really like about that movie is like the house is not set designed like at all it feels like they went into someone's house yes and just shot it felt like all right this is mike flanagan's actual house yeah truly like (laughs) that um i don't know if you caught this but there's like this big wall thing in the living room of that house it's like this metal it's like black boxes it's like this Inter- yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? My yes. aunt has that in her house. Like yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is like, it's just like, it feels real. And like big, scary mirror just doesn't do it for me. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Again. <laughs> so it feels like, it feels like this, he needed to spend more time working on this one. Yeah. I think um, he did. I think he did. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Callie, right. She like sets up all of these, like, uh, let's say traps and ways to document the, yeah. you know, the right. Mirror. She's got, she's got plants in every room because right. in, when they were kids, like the plants started dying mysteriously. The reason they have the dog to sacrifice is because their dog went missing. Yeah. Um, presumably it, the, the dog went missing in the room that the mirror was in the mi- mirror is in their dad's office their, his home office and there's like a, yeah. a there's like a door yeah. to that office so 
the mom locks the dog in the room with the with the mirror and then it presumably eats him. We never see the ghost of the dog. No. We should have. We should have and it should have barked once. Like you know like when a dog is clearly doing it on command in a movie. Yeah, yeah. It just like sits there for a second and then barks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it should I mean how fun would it have been if the you know uh I mean well talk about fucking flan tropes here uh the glowing eyes um ah those friggin eyes the first appearance of moonlight yeah glowing eyes but (laughs) if the dog also had glowing eyes and when it did its bark on command the bark was maybe in like uh a a pitched down tone yeah where it was just like and like maybe slowed down a bit you know Brap. Burp. Oh, what uh, if Rick Sanchez was in the mirror? Okay. <laughs> and again, you refuse to watch any of the new seasons since uh, that guy left the show in, yeah. out of shame. Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. Say was, his name. <laughs> you put some respect on that. <laughs> name. Oh, God. What an asshole. That guy's a real piece of shit. Of course he's you a really, piece of shit. He was a piece have to of get, shit from the start. Of course. Of course. That yeah, was I mean, like part of his to. thing was that he's like, ah, I'm kind of a piece of shit and I get to make this whatever. This card it's like, yeah. Oh, you were handpicked by Dan Harmon. What could go <laughs> wrong? <laughs> uh, <coughs> so uh, uh, Karen Gillen, uh, right. She talks to her brother, tries to convince him uh, to come help her. Uh, it, this was another thing that kind of, irked me is that like the brother doesn't believe in the mirror having powers or whatever for such a what feels like a large portion of the movie Mm. goes on maybe a little too long of him denying it you know yeah um right yeah we have to go through uh this is yeah did we talk about the flanagan trope of overwriting and like shoehorning in some sort of like theory he read about where he's like Do you know about the fuzzy brain theory or whatever the fuck it's called? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the fuzzy brain theory of psychology. Uh, What is it actually, though? Do you remember it? The word fuzz. I I, I don't know. Or something. That's all right. All right. Um, Yeah, man. I I got like the first half hour. I'm, I'm just like so sort of like. Once Karen Gillan gives this huge like um, rundown of her whole setup, which feels she like does it goes a, on tr- a true forever. crime podcast for yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, it feels like forever. And at that point, I'm like, all right, that was kind of tough to watch. But all right, maybe after this, it'll start like really picking up, <coughs> which it honestly doesn't. No, um, not at all. The thi- it, Yeah. This is for a little perspective on that scene. If you haven't seen the movie, IMDb has two of those listed in the famous quotes section or whatever. Yeah. This is one of them. Go for it. Uh, The next case of note is Alice Carden of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 1943. Neighbors reported hearing screens and loud bangs from the house. The police found the children drowned in a locked cistern. Alice herself in er, 
Alice herself is in the nursery and both of her legs are completely shattered. Her left arm is broken in four places and six of her ribs are crushed. And in her right hand is the large hammer she's been using to break her own bones. They find her just as she's going to work on her skull. Her right arm, though, is completely unharmed because she needed it to wield the hammer. They do, I don't know, five, six of those? A lot. Yeah. And and there's no... Like, the point is that she's being very, like, she's trying to be very clinical and objective and, like, outsmart the mirror or whatever. So there's no flourish to any of it. And the only, like, punctuation for any of this is Tim being like, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. I, I, I think, and maybe they couldn't do this because it would have been too similar to other movies coming out at the same time, but... It feels like this movie really should have just been like the story of them as kids and, you know, completely eliminate the whole uh, grown up uh, destroy the mirror bit. Yeah, that whole thing, that whole, you know, major, you know, the whole movie, essentially, uh, it should have been that the past. It should have been like if Mike Flanagan wanted to tell a story about like a father going crazy uh, because of this mirror and being tempted by, uh, you know, sexy. Uh, uh, what's her name? Marisol, Marisol Chavez. Marisol Chavez. Um, Can you just imagine? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the whole time. Like once they revealed that her name was like Marisol. Yeah. And they kept. Like there's a, a sh- you know, the the wife, uh, Marie, finds like a piece of paper that the dad is obsessively scrawling the name Marisol on. Yeah. Uh, it's this movie's all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy moment. And it yes. is not good. <laughs> um, yeah. But well, can't right. you just like imagine someone like showing up to a Halloween, like a Halloween party in 2013 dressed like that character? And someone's like, oh, what are you supposed to be like? She's like, oh, I'm Marisol. Yeah, yeah, Marisol Chavez. I'm, Mar- I'm Marisol from Oculus, and everyone's like, "Who?" <laughs> but uh, you know, nobody. Or like know. awesome Marisol cosplay at the horror convention. Sure. Damn. <laughs> sure. Um, no, but I, it it I don't know it. it I think uh, it, this would have been more effective as like a shining knockoff if they just went like. You know, it's clear that he that's what he was going for. Right. He says it in the interview that the the mirror is a portable overlook hotel. Yeah. OK. And it drives the the, the dad crazy and uh, and the mom. It gets to the mom. And what and the, what if the movie the was just the kids like having to, uh, you know, they're locked Dude, in a yeah, house like, with two parents who are trying to kill them and, you know. They have to that, outsmart the mirror and the parents and whatever else. Yeah. Right. And at that point, it's like um, a bit of like a shining uh, gray matter mashup. Sure. Right. Like I was thinking of gray matter because like the house just gets more and more like there's no food in the fridge. Like the power yeah. goes out. It's like this dereliction of of parental responsibility, which, again, is like interesting, too, because like then it is like. Instead of just having Tim have false memories of like, oh, dad was cheating and abusing mom and right. that's what happened. Like, 
then it's real. It just has like a supernatural component to it, yes. which again is the shining, but at least it's not this. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think if they went in that direction, it could have been like, Oh, I, I could see where, you know, he's getting influences from the shining or whatever, but he also could have made it his own thing. Totally. I mean, the, the mirror thing alone, like makes it like that device. That's a good device. That yeah. that makes yeah. it a thing unto itself. If he if he feeds the dog to the mirror, like there are ways of just like and right. hey, talk talk about a Flanagan trope, feeding a dog to an evil entity <laughs> or something. <laughs> sure. I guess in the I guess in absentia they're feeding it to Doug Jones. Yes. Um more like dog, dog in a- more like dog Jones. That guy's Jones in for a dog to eat. <laughs> um so, yeah, the present day stuff. So, um, Callie also has, um, she set up several different, like, alarms. Uh, you know, alarm goes off, you have to drink water. Um, you have to eat something. Every hour on the hour, her fiancé calls her, right? Which, like, I don't know. The uh, At one point, she's like, uh, you know, you can't make phone calls inside the house because, you know, it could just be the mirror fucking with you and you're not actually talking to the person that you think you are and then she immediately talks to her fiance and she's like there's only a 50 50 chance that that was actually him right yeah so like you're all right well well that fail safe that alarm that thing is already you know void that voided that's that doesn't her to say it yeah right like why not have the skeptic be like right right it if his goal is to get her out of the house, like when you want to attack it from the angle of like, well, what you're doing by the rules you're setting, you're not even. Yes. Right. Cause like that ends up being true. And again, part of the sort of like thing that the idea that he's playing here, playing with here is like each of them is kind of doing the same thing. And like, he ends up like, he's right to tell her she's wrong and she's right to tell him he's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like really lean into that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so like you said, there's so much of this movie that bounces back and forth between present and past. Right. And we see like little bits of the past and then present day that, you know, Tim is like explaining the things away. Right. Like you said, uh, he says that, you know, uh, dad was cheating on mom and abusing her. And then we see like, maybe like maybe a perspective from the past where, that could be true, right? Like the the time that Callie, as a child, like looks into her dad's uh, office and sees a woman in there that's not her mom, but like then she's gone and nobody knows where the fuck she went. Uh, and then, it, which that in and of itself too is like kind of a crazy thing. If if Katie Sackoff is in the house with Rory Cochran and the idea that there's also a woman in the office. Um, I don't know, sort of, you know, how did this woman get in the house? Who is this woman? You know, when Katie Sackhoff, before there's any supernatural elements in her mind, she's like, he's cheating on me with a woman in this house while I'm she's living here. in the walls. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Also um, like the, I'm, I am kind of not convinced when Tim tries to explain it away and they show like his idea of what's happening where it's he's where the dad's like, oh, shit, she's here. Go stand in the corner. Yeah. He, <laughs> you know, yeah. 
Right. It's like, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's the point is to be like, he's wrong or whatever. But what is the, I don't know. There's no real point here. There's no real point. And then once, once their mom, uh, sort of gets, I don't know, possessed, taken over by the mirror and starts chasing the kids around, like trying to kill them. And then the dad comes out and like puts her in a chokehold and fucking passes her out. Um, like his so she's sort of like possessed by the mirror right and he's also been like i guess he's not possessed by the mirror but he's like uh entranced by the mirror he's at the that point mirror is familiar yeah say. so he like he, i i don't know to me i'm like well aren't you guys on the same team then like if the mirror wants katie sackoff to go you know nutso and kill her kids and the mirror also wants to sort of entice Rory Cochran to uh, be on its side. Aren't you both working for that mirror at that point? And then like, well, you know, I when, so when Rory Cochran like chains up his wife in in the bedroom there, and she's like completely feral, and like her teeth are all fucked up, and she's eating like broken plates and shit like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of broken uh, porcelain in this movie. Also. I'll say, I'll say. Of, broken plates and whatnot mm, runs in the family, you know? Yeah, I don't. Okay. So that all feels totally unearned. I think there's like a version of this where part of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know how one of the things that Stephen King hates about Stanley Kubrick's the shining is yeah. that you can tell that Jack Nicholson's a piece of shit from jump. Yes. And that, like, he obviously broke his kid's arm. Like, you know, it's like, it's not subtle. I feel like Flanagan, being a King guy, wanted to honor, like, it feels like he wants to honor that original vision of The Shining here, where uh, Rory Cochran's character is like, he's not a bad guy, right? He's, like, kissing his wife's C-section scar and telling her she's so fucking hot. Yeah. And... Like, you know, he's just like a, a, he's like a computer programmer. He's not like a tortured writer or anything. He's uh, I've made a new app that lets you know if all work and no play makes Jack. Go, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, there's the marital strife, uh, more like Marisol strife. It It's all because he, he it's all because of the mirror, you know, yeah. there's no like. The only tension seems like totally one sided where just like Katie Sackhoff's character is feeling down on herself because she's extremely thin and beautiful. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, man, uh, that was like a major fucking problem for me. And maybe that's like, uh, you know, maybe that's like male privilege or something. But when she's like, oh, my God, I feel like a, a grotesque monster. I feel like an elephant man over here. Yeah, because of my you know, C-section scar. Um, but otherwise I am absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so it feels unearned when she gets reduced to that because like, he's not domineering in any way. Right. So yes. for, it, for him to be the one who does, like, it doesn't ring true at all. And it doesn't like this, the sort of like, there's no like emotional weight to that. Like of the kids seeing that, because what that should be in like, I think the, the this sort of like vision of this movie that Mike Flanagan probably has in his head. Yeah. Like it's 
it is about, it's a story about kids growing up and like dealing with the shit from their childhood. Sure. And realizing that, Oh God, our parents are like in their own weird fucked up power dynamic with each other. And they like kind of hate each other and dehumanize each other. Right. Like if it's a bad marriage, let it be a bad marriage. Yes. Yes. Um, and that just doesn't really happen. Things just go from like great to in impossibly bad. Yes. With (laughs) like, I, I just don't buy the idea that like the mirror sort of like, amplifies these things they don't like about themselves and each other. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, right. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, Oh, it's the mirror shining, uh, you know, you looking into the mirror and it, it's showing you like the ugliest parts of yourself. Or yeah. Whatever, right. And it's like, it's not even, I don't know. It ain't doing that. It's not doing it. It's hey, not- instead of the shining, they could have called this thing the reflecting. Hey, they could have, and they should have. And they ought to have, right? Yeah. Um, so things, what'd you like about this movie? Good question. Um, Hard to answer? Kind of, man. I, there's like bits. It's, it's tough because like, Okay, in the present day, right, the fact that they never know what is actually real or happening, I think is kind of interesting in this, like, sort of funhouse haunted mirror way, okay? That, like, okay, what's real? Like, when uh, uh, Callie uh, takes a broken piece of the plate and stabs her fiancé in the neck with it, right? And then, Mm. like, a second later he calls and asks, you know, and says, all right, well, I'll call you in another hour or whatever. Okay. What's real. What's not real. You know, what are we doing here? Kind of a fun idea. And like, like I said, like in a fun house, haunted, haunted fun house kind of way. Uh, that's, that could be interesting, but again, it's not with the ending having like, having Tim finally like sort of be convinced. All right. Uh, the mirror is real. Um, I, uh, I have a chance to, you know, kill this mirror basically. Right. And he, and he takes the, the timer and he, you know, cranks it down to zero and that the ax swings down and into the mirror. But Karen Gillen is standing in front of it and it hits her in like the, back of the neck and killing her and and you know and then he's like sort of left with like oh i i didn't like i didn't see you there essentially (laughs) 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 and you're just like oh uh clumsy yeah but you're but everything has been like a question of whether or not it's real or not and then like like really up until you know, the, the screen cuts to black and it says written and directed by Mike Flanagan. I'm like, wait, I don't know if this is actually real and happening or just sort of a figment of. Right. Because there's also, there's also that final shot where it's like, it's Karen Gillan's character, either as a girl or as an adult. Yeah. Watching Tim played by Brendan, Brenton Thwaites. I'm not going to be yes. saying that name. That's a, that's too much. That's a mouthful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, watching him as an adult be taken away in the cop car. 
Yes. But he also sees her as a ghost in the house. Right. So like that, it seems like it's supposed to be ambiguous where you can't tell if it's her as a girl or her as an adult. Uh huh. But it wouldn't make, but she just, she did die or she didn't die. She, right. Also, <laughs> the, it, that final scene also, it's, um, it, it, it's playing like they keep cutting back and forth, like symmetrically with, um, you know, present and past. And like after, um, you know, their dad shoots himself using, you know, his son's hand on the gun. Um, you know, the cops are all there and they're, they're talking to young Callie and, uh, and then they're taking, uh, Tim away in the cop car, right? They're like dragging him away. And he's like crying and screaming and saying like, no, you have to believe me. It was the mirror. It was the mirror. And, and it's, you know, uh, paralleled with the present day where he's doing the exact same thing. No, it's the mirror is doing this and it's whatever. Um, but then young Callie keeps, you know, you know, yelling out to him, like, um, you know, like, uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, whatever. I forget exactly how she says it, but it's like, um, you know, I, I promise we're going to, you know, fight this thing right, and like yeah. whatever, you know, she keeps like promise you'll come back here and like all this stuff. Right. I don't understand what the point of that is. If, if the ending is just like young Callie saying like you promise, you know, you're, you promised me that you would come back here and fight this thing when we get older and, you know, bigger. And then, like, in present day, he killed her with an axe to the head, and he's being taken away. And you're right. just like, what is the point of him promising to come back and do this? Right. Like, because he is so not the focus of the movie. Right. And it's, that's really yes. probably what the issue is. Like, yeah, yeah that's we're probably with, it. Yeah. We're with Kaylee from the beginning. And then she's the one who dies and he goes, he's seemingly having this whole journey, but none of it's from her fucking, his fucking perspective, his perspective. Right. And so like, yeah, it's it's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If it was all from his perspective and it's him like, okay. uh, All right. Like I, you know, another fix for this movie, right. Is, uh, you know, okay. We don't even, we don't get a bunch of the past stuff and we're focused on the present and it's all from Tim's point of view. And if it's all from Tim's point of view, somebody who's been through a decade plus worth of therapy about all of this and come to terms with that, you know, it's not supernatural and it's all, uh, you know, it was all real, you know, his dad cracks and kills the mom. So when he gets out, his sister is so convinced that it was supernatural yeah and that you know and he like the whole time he just doesn't believe it and it's him trying to deal with his in quotations crazy sister who is completely obsessed with this mirror right and then it ultimate it shifts into like oh it is actually real and I don't even know what my own reality is now because I've been convinced that it was right. Fake. Yes. <laughs> like, right. Like, whereas with, uh, Kaylee, the journey is like, I was, I've been right the whole time. I've been wrong about the particulars. The thing I was wrong yeah. about was like 
that I thought I could beat this, which yes. is like also kind of interesting. Cause like from Tim's perspective, I feel like that's like more of a, an established kind of story arc, a proven one. I'll say like that sure. works. And that's yeah. like, that can, that can be a very good movie. I like the idea. Again, this is all shit. That's like fun on paper where you're like, well, what if like the true believer character is right? Um, but she's like in over her head that makes it, this is basically like, it reminds me of like blue ruin <laughs> where it's like sure. a revenge story where all the planning doesn't fucking matter or, or, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like the David Fincher, the, the killer or whatever, where the it's killer? like, yeah, 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 you've done all this stuff. You've lived this like psychotic, meticulous life. And the one thing you couldn't account for were like the unknowns. Like you only know yeah, what yeah. you know. And right. that is like, there's something there. That can be yeah. cool. Sure. It's not happening here. It's like not. all that, like she, <laughs> it's her husband who gets killed. And then like all, everything uh, uh, needs to be happening to her or not. Like, yeah, yes, you can't yes. just switch right at the very end and be like, actually, this was Tim's movie. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, um, was that was it her fiance that actually died? Was he stabbed in the neck and killed? I mean, we don't or, know. We don't find we, out. We don't find out, right? No. There's never a moment where it's like this is definitive. I don't think so because we only see the one body bag come out, right? That's yeah, yeah. That uh, right, and that would make sense too, right? And we never see um, the fiance with glowing eyes as like a ghosty. She sees him. Oh, she does. She does see him. So. But again, mm. that could be a trick. Yeah. We right. don't know. That that's what I'm saying, man. You need to establish rules and stick to them. Like if everything is possible, then nothing is possible and it nothing matters. Yeah. You know? Yeah, pretty much. Um Oh God. I had something. I think it's gone though. Oh. That's okay. Couldn't have been good. <laughs> um Okay, so one of the thing, other stuff that I liked about the movie, okay? I've been trashing this movie now for like an hour. Yes. Uh, I, 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 do, I like Katie Sackhoff as an actress. I like her on Battlestar. Um, and I think she's like pretty good in this. Uh, you know, as, as good as you can be in this movie that I think is flawed down to the bone. Yeah. But uh, I'm know, with you. I'm with you. Like she... Early on when she's playing like the sort of like, you know, it, almost like a newlyweds kind of a thing, even though they're not newlyweds, but they're like she play she's playing the mom character. Very yeah, well. she's, she's got like, like this. And she's got like, this like joie de vivre. Yeah, right? she's got like. Yes. And, it, you know, she you, know, you always see you're like, oh, this is like the kind of woman that, you know, I, I would like to marry. You get know, you, like get you a Marie Russell. Yeah. Um, and then when things start like shifting for her and she starts like second guessing everything and mm. whatever uh, I you know it seems like yeah the paranoia sets in and then when she becomes like fully feral uh, you know it's I think she's scary as that totally yeah with the fucked up teeth and like spitting blood up and all that shit yeah and, like, she's got like kids I think the vision to look at her and be like that lady will look so good scary style um, and I think really yes. what it is, is like, she just has like strong features, 
right? Yeah. Like she's got like kind of like a pronounced brow a little bit. And it, that when you like sink someone's eyes in with makeup like that, it looks real yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, it does. But yeah, she's like, she is, she's very beautiful and she looks uh, absolutely terrifying. Like, yeah, that aspect of it, and the w- also to her credit as a performer, the way she's moving when she goes feral is yeah very effective. I thought that was it, like it, the the like, only like an animal, the only scary stuff in the whole movie. <laughs> yes, hundred yeah. percent agree. Even when like the dad is like stalking the house with a gun, looking to shoot the kids. No, like, I don't. I don't buy it because I'm, I'm not, like, oh, I'm not buying it. I'm like, who gave Rory Cochran a crowbar? (laughs) Like, it it just, Uh, yeah, I'm not buying it in the same way. Yeah. And the other thing, I mean, it's uh, showing the movie like this, right? When Rory Cochran is like uh, stalking the house, looking for the kids to shoot. You're like, well, I know that they don't. He doesn't shoot anyone. Yeah. Yeah. This scene is sort of neutered because I know that the kids are both alive you know right um i know that and i also know that he kills himself so now it's just a matter of how does he do that right you know or like maybe maybe it's not entirely him killing himself maybe that's just the story but either way no matter what we're just like it's sort of like all right we don't care there's no there's no uh suspense to the scene it's really just like okay how does this guy actually die right is the only point of it yeah and you can't even be scared of his ghost because his weapon of choice is a gun and it's like ghost where's a ghost getting a gun right like if the whole thing is like oh it's all trickery it's right. all trickery and you're not gonna be like oh honestly, a, go- a ghost bullet <laughs> yeah what uh, and Honestly, I think there are too many laws preventing ghosts from getting guns anyway. I think they should probably lighten those up as well. Um, you know, Raw, the only, you heard the it only, here. You know what? This I'm going to make it official. This is a pro ghost gun podcast. Yeah. The only thing uh, that can fight a bad ghost with a gun is a good ghost <laughs> with a gun. We learned that from <laughs> R.I.P.D. Yeah, that movie R.I.P.D. Uh, with. Uh, Jeff Bridges and Ryan uh, Reynolds, obviously. We all know R.I.P.D. Why didn't they make more of those? Uh, They did make a sequel, I think. Who's in it? Uh, Not those guys. Uh, (laughs) Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, Lloyd Bridges. (laughs) Um, Oh, I don't think uh, anybody that you would. Penelope Mitchell. Um. You know, Penelope Mitchell, of course, from uh, nothing. Uh, Melbourne, <laughs> Australia. Also, um, I said Lloyd Bridges. I didn't mean Lloyd Bridges. What's you meant Bo Bridges? I meant Bo Bridges, yeah. <laughs> My bad. Now I, I see why that was so funny to you. <laughs> no, I think Lloyd Bridges would be great in it. <laughs> He's dead. Oh, well, perfect casting. Perfect? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, we don't have to talk about R.I.P.D. too. And was it stylized as R-I-P-D-I-I or no. R-I-I-P-D? No. Or was it stylized it, as Nos 4 A 2 <laughs> It's called R-I-P-D-2, Rise of the Damned. <laughs> um, <sighs> speaking of yep. Nos 4 A 2 and we must. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> I uh, was watching this film at home uh-huh. last night and uh 
first of all, Paige, I told Paige, I was like, I got to watch a movie for the show. And she was like, I'm leaving. Ew. No, she was like, um, what movie? I was like, Oculus. She's like, Oculus. Oh, <laughs> Oculus. <laughs> She's like, that's really funny. I, I love you. And <laughs> no, I... I was like, Oculus? She's like, oh, that movie fucking sucks. And I was like, I got like kind of defensive, even though I hadn't seen it. I was just like, hey, yeah, yeah. that's hey, that can't be right. About my Mike Flanagan. Yeah, that can't be right. He has the same hairline as me. <laughs> yeah. And then as it was on, she was like, what she she was like, oh, is that like uh, Brenton Thwaites comes on the screen? She's like, oh, I didn't know he was in this. I was like, yeah. what? Because for the listener, Paige doesn't know anything. She doesn't watch <laughs> stuff, really. Yeah, her, she's like a, a normal person. She's a normal person with a healthy human brain. Yes. Um, yes, yes. She's like, no, that's... um. She was like, that's Cyrus. I was like, what is... what?" She's like, Cyrus from Heroes? I was like, I don't know what you're talking... Oh, I was no. like, I've never yeah, seen yeah. Heroes. So I looked it up. I was like, do you mean Siler? <laughs> Siler. It's like, yeah, but I wish Zachary Quinto. I wish Zachary Quinto was in this. That would have given this thing some juice. Giving it I that mean, Quinto I mean, juice. Honestly, if you had fucking ham like Quinto in there playing the dad. I've got it, the ham like Quinto. <laughs> <laughs> I got that ham like Quinto. I've got that ham like Quinto. I th- yeah, they, th- that would have been better. Sure. I th- it would have been like, he would have been making like bigger, weirder choices, I think. Yeah. And Where- really like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have made the movie good, but at least yeah. I would have felt like something was happening. Cause Rory <laughs> also, Cochran's uh, trying to be like a serious actor here and it is yeah. not working. Also uh, in the IMDb trivia, it says that Rory Cochran had the flu, uh, during the production of this movie. <laughs> the entire production? Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe the problem. Rory Cochran's, uh, he's like Michael Jordan. This is his flu game. <laughs> Except he put up zero points. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, I think with the, I the ending here, right? So, I don't know, things start ramping up with like, uh, again with the past and like, all right, what happens to the kids and, and the, the dad shooting himself with the, gun, the son's hand on the gun, whatever. Uh, all of these things are happening in parallel with like, uh, first the kid, you know, the grown up, uh, Callie and Tim, they go outside and, and, uh, this is after Callie stabs her fiance in the neck and she's like totally freaked out. And, he calls 911 to get them over there and and then they look back in the house and they see the two of them in the office like in front of just standing in front of the mirror staring at it mm-hmm. and they're like oh this is what what we are right now is like an illusion or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, what i'm wondering is like again like the rules aren't clear but there also needs to be like like even if they don't know the rules, someone the there you can somebody has camera to know the, the camera rules. can tell me what's going on. <laughs> it almost feels like maybe the logic here is like once you look at the mirror, 
then you're sort of like, you can't stop going in and out of deeper and deeper reflections. And the reason I think that is because right. The moment that Tim finally accepts that this is like a real supernatural phenomenon is like, they leave the room with the mirror where they have all the cameras set up and shit. And when Mm -hmm. they come back, the ghost has like fucked everything up and the cameras are pointing at each other. And if you, you know, like you point cameras at each other, it's just like infinitely showing you or no, that's a camera pointing at like a TV where you get like the smaller and smaller. Yeah. Right. So never mind. (laughs) Well, yeah, but also like, so I, you know what you're saying or whatever, like the, um, there is something to be said for like, okay, you know, uh, now we're inside the reflection versus outside of the reflection. We're in the mirror or the mirror is under, we're under the mirror's control Yeah. versus like not being under the control, yeah. whatever. And like it, the it, separation. There. Again, it feels like they're like, like scratching at these ideas, right. By having like, it's the mirror and there's a camera pointed at the mirror and there's a, there are screens with like cameras pointed at the screens and she's looking at the world through her phone to try to like outsmart the ghost or whatever. And it's just like, um, these like layers of obfuscation, I I guess. So uh, this, this was something that I, I don't know. I had a hard time wrapping my head around was so uh, the part where, um, you know, it's early on. They have all the cameras set up, right? And then the two, you know, Callie and Tim get into some sort of a disagreement about, okay, what's real, what's not real, yada, yada. And then when they come in, like you said, everything is sort of like disheveled and the cameras are pointing at each other. And there's another camera in the corner that Callie takes down and she looks at the footage. And the footage shows the two of them rearranging the room and pointing oh, the cameras right. at yes. each other, right? Forgot about that. So, okay. So if we are to believe that, you know, when they stepped out of the room and had this argument conversation or whatever, that didn't take place in reality, right? Right. It was, that was some sort of an illusion. And what actually happened was they had the conversation, but while they were moving everything around and whatever and pointing the cameras at each other. Okay, so who or what are they when they are outside the room having the argument? Just a projection in their own minds? Yeah, I think I think there's that, but there's also a possibility that the footage she's watching is compromised by the ghost. That's possible too. Right? So it's like... What is real and what's not real? Okay, <laughs> so we don't know what's real and what's not real. Eventually, we have to learn what is real and what is not real. In order for the the ending where Tim drops the axe on his sister's head, right when they leave, to matter, yes, uh, unless unless that's not real either. Well, that's the thing. Like, it is it real or not real? Okay, they take Tim away. Uh, uh, is that real? Did he? he, was ta- he, he you know, is yeah. he just? Uh, is this just like a? a Again, like a sort of a reenactment of the mirror doing some sort of reenactment of his childhood. I I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. No one and no one will tell me. Like, I'm I'm all I'm good with ambiguity. 
It just sure. it just doesn't feel earned, I no, guess. There, there's a difference between ambiguity and just complete. total disorientation. Yeah. 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 You can leave things ambiguous and like I, I don't know, when especially in a horror movie, when you leave an ambiguous ending, it's usually to be like uh to add to the, the horror of it. Like, oh, we don't know if you know. Oh, it's oh fuck! The the mirror actually got the better of him, and he killed his sister, and now he's being you know he's going to be in jail or uh you know clinic or whatever for the rest of his life, and the mirror can just lives on, right? But <laughs> the ending, you're just you're I I'm left scratching my head like wait what what just happened <laughs> right because it's like I, I man I I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. It, it's not. I. I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to the other Flanagan movies for sure. I think. I think maybe this is. This is kind of stuff that he, uh, like he does get better at all of this stuff later on, right? Um, there's like a haunted. Like he does several haunted house movies and mini series and shit, and they're effective. And like, like we're gonna watch the haunting of Hill House, and it has certain elements from this that can be a you know that he uses in that uh, that series. He has the room to like sort of spread things out. He has the room to you know. Uh, tell you know various timeline stories, mm-hmm. so it's not. I don't know. This feels like it's all like it have everything is jammed in here. It feels like it's almost like a three hour movie that was cut down to one forty five. Yeah, and I don't want to watch the three hour movie either. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels like too much and also not enough. If that I, makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, this, he just needs a lot of, lot of space to spread his wings, do his thing. You know. Yeah. He's not a. I, what's crazy though is like Absentia feels totally self-contained, and it's like exactly yeah. ninety, isn't it? It's. Well, yeah, it's like right about ninety. Yeah. yeah. So what happened? <laughs> I don't know. I think he just had this like he had this heady idea, and he kept. In in the spirit of his idol, Stephen King, he's just like, what if I left no stone unturned? Right. Or tried to. But they're like, this is a movie that has to come out in theaters. It can't be three and a half hours long. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. Too bad about Oculus, eh? <laughs> yeah. Flanagan tropes we did not touch on. Uh, uh, reunited siblings who have been estranged for many years. Definitely. Um, uh, moving your estranged sibling into an apartment or domicile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean the parallel timelines we're, we're going to get, to, I guess those aren't, that's not a trope just yet. Yeah. Um, we can, we can look forward at tropes. Uh, I mean, we did talk about, uh, Midnight Mass on the bonus show many months ago, and one of the things that I, I, you know, it it appears here. 
I feel like it, it you know, it's he did it does it on purpose where like he shows this reverse shot of like police lights flashing on like on a face or whatever when Callie uh, you know gets the axe through the head or whatever um, the cops show up and and you could see you know we don't see outside we just see the lights yeah and it kind of it reminded me of like midnight mass that first scene where um, the guy totally you know, gets into the drunk driving accident and it's you know the lights are so sort of like bright but ambient yeah you know it's everywhere uh, yeah that's um I love that shit. I think that's great. Oh yeah. He yeah. also uh we get the shot where sideways is right side up. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I for I, I should explain. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a shot where Rory Cochran's character goes to lay in bed with Katie Sackhoff's character and as he goes to lay next to her instead of the horizontal plane being parallel with the bed, it turns so that they basically look right side up as they're laying down instead of yeah. at a 90 degree angle. And we see that in midnight mass. And I want to say Dr. Sleep also has one of those. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's that. We talked about glowing eyes, oh, man. Guy loves glowing eyes and he's right. It's effective it's a, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's such a cool, like simple thing. Um, it's funny that it's funny that he used it in this, like his say, like his big studio movie or whatever. And uh, and then like he will use it forever from <laughs> right. this point. Yeah. on. You know? <laughs> um, also, uh, we didn't mention this, but this is also a WWE production. Excuse uh, me. You didn't catch that in the beginning. No, I did not. Yeah, when in the in the very beginning when they're doing all the production studio fanfare stuff, uh, WWE is one of the studios involved along with Blumhouse. Yeah, yeah. It's and the ways that the Blumhouse of it all manifests is funny too, right? Like just the seemingly like all the stuff with like the broken teeth and the like that, and then like the dad ripping his own fingernail out with a staple remover. Uh, yeah, that was gross, 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 yeah, gross. It's gross. Um, yeah. Any other, any other tropey business? Um, no, nah, I mean, repeating cast members. Oh, but. um, two protagonists where one is a person of faith or a believer. It's a believer and an unbeliever. Yeah. Classic two hander. All right. Um, what about this? Mm. And we touched on this last time with absentia, right? And how Mike Flanagan might be uh, a weirdo for pregnant women. And how oh is not pregnant, but we do ex- explicitly address her C-section scar. Bro. Yes. Right? That feels... Oh man, he's like, look at this tragic character. She was pregnant and now she's not anymore. Yeah. I wish she was still. Wish, yeah. <laughs> you are so right about that. You are right? so, so right. Also, do you feel like both Katie Parker, Callie from uh-huh. uh, Absentia, and yeah. Katie Sackoff kind of look like his wife, Kate Siegel? I think Katie Parker 
definitely does. Yeah. Um, they have like a, a they have like the I same can't, shaped face. Yeah, I can't like, really. Yeah, there's their mouths are the same too, or something. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> what if that is just the takeaway? Is that like, oh man, Flanagan's like a it's got a, a type her for pregos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think what we've got on our hands here is a potentially wholesome horny guy. Uh, just like a super wife guy. Yeah. It's just like, oh man, there is nothing better than getting your wife pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is the most Catholic thing you can, you can feel in your heart yeah, right? more than the spirit of God. <laughs> right. It's just like, oh, I'm just making life here, baby. <laughs> just knocking up a redhead. It's my favorite thing to do on Mike Flanagan. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> wow. That is, he, I would, uh, could you imagine if we left that undiscussed left that on the table? Yeah. Oh God. We would have had to do a, an emergency addendum. Yeah, we would have had to do another addendum. Yeah. <laughs> we did our first addendum for elephant man right before we started recording this. And guys, you should definitely check out, uh, patreon.com slash King If you want to, listen to our series about David Lynch where we had so much to talk about with the elephant man that we had to come back and record an addendum episode. Yeah. That's I'm still, it's never been done before. I'm still thinking about him. Bert loves it. Yeah. (laughs) He he's clapping. He wants more. Sounding off the castanets (laughs) for that one. (laughs) Ah, yeah. RIP John Merrick. Oh, yeah, and Joseph Merrick, both of them. <laughs> oh wait, wasn't there? Didn't you want? We forgot to do this in the addendum, but I want to give you the floor now. Um, did you want to talk about how Michael Jackson tried to buy his bones? Oh yeah, I mean, just there was a rumor that Michael Jackson tried to buy the Alpha Man's bones at an auction and was beaten out by. I want to say either it was a doctor, like a medical. Uh, you know, school or something like that. Mm. And when I think Oprah was interviewing, uh, wacko Jacko, (laughs) (laughs) he, uh, she asked him about the elephant man bones and he, he denied it. Um, I I really wanted those uh, bones. I really wanted those bones. That's ignorant. Uh, (laughs) uh, People just being ignorant. Wow. Um, Wow. What a time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay, that concludes our episode about us. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, patreon.com slash kingmepod, where we don't talk about wacko jacko or any of that. Not that much. You get our David Lynch series, which is itself a supplement to our Tuesday episodes about Twin Peaks. That that's We talk about Twin Peaks a fair amount on yeah. that show as well so far. Very excited. lot to discuss there. Uh, 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 Flanagan-esque in his auteurship, wouldn't you say? In, in <laughs> purity of vision. Yeah. Um, I I think that, uh, this is fun that we're like, uh, we sort of we you know we went from the Stephen King stuff, and then we're like, all right, well you know we're doing Twin Peaks, and now Twin Peaks has evolved into doing all of the Lynch movies, and King has evolved into doing these Flanagan things. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun stuff. And it's and it's fun. And we're having fun. And this is fun to do, and I like it. And so do you. Um, 
later couch hogs. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go out. I gotta go fucking hog hog up my couch. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. All right, I'm recording again. Me too. I can't do video, so this is a <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is an audio only thing. But we forgot to rate it on Letterboxd. So right. So we had to come back and oh man, we're already doing addendums here. Um, all right. So on Letterboxd, out of five stars, yeah. Dan, where do you rank Ocule Us? I two stars. Dan, that's exactly what I gave it. <laughs> what a great segment. And and I'm it, not liking this. I will never, ever rewatch this. No, I'm never going to rewatch this. I'm good. Um, I'm all set. The, the poster for this, too, um, it shows like a like a uh, like the younger version of Callie, like stepping out of the mirror. Very, that never very happens. misleading. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing like that. Yeah. Not only not only does that not happen. Nothing happens. It's all, yeah, that, it's all mirror right. tricks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what do you have to say about this? What's your um, review of this? I'm saying, uh, ridiculous. Ah, that's good. Um, I, I would say of this movie, um, I could say more than one word about it. Also, if that no, 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 no. Helpful. Um, if Oculus uh, Webster's Dictionary defines, yeah, Oculus. let's do it. Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines Oculus. Uh, Webster Dictionary uh, Oculus defines Oculus as <laughs> um, uh, a circular or oval window. If that's what this movie is, I won't be looking through it ever again. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, it's it's doo doo. All right, let's let's get out of here. All right, now now we're really All done right. with the episode. Later, All couch right. hogs. Later, couch hogs. <laughs>